Hey now, hey now, we have another episode and it is what dreams are made of. And so welcome back to Once Upon a Stream, your Disney Plus podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Shook, along with my co-host, Megan Mann. Hello. And our very special guest, Jen, is back that you are now our Once Upon a Stream all-star that this yes. is the third time around. Do I get so, like a gold star or something? I'll send you yes, one. Yes, you do. <laughs> Via text since we're Thank still you. in quarantine. There you go. Well, actually, with today's topic, probably not a star, just like a crazy scrunchie or hair accessory. Oh, I'm is not fun with fact, that. I have a scrunchie is in your my honor. Hair. <laughs> They're coming back honor. around. I know. Everything that's old is new again. And just oh makes God. you feel old in the process. It's true. We, we don't want to talk but about that, though. With our different illusions, we are talking about the Lizzie McGuire movie, an icon, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But before we get into it, so Disney Plus, when the first um, like big announcements came out, like there are different things that were a bit, like big hype, like your Mandalorian and Mandalorian story, different stuff. But I remember specifically at D23 when I was at the Disney Plus panel, they so like the director programming came out and basically they were saying they wanted to tell a new story with Lizzie McGuire and we were all losing our minds and they're like we did casting calls across the nation and all these different girls of like to tell this story to a new generation and so they show like these stock photos of these like little actor children and they're like but you know what we decided is the the only person to truly tell the Lizzie McGuire story is Hilary Duff herself Hilary Duff comes out stage we all go nuts and basically the premise that they told us of what this new series was going to be was Lizzie's now 30 she's in New York City she has the perfect job and the perfect boyfriend and everything's great except she still kind of has some of those like tweenish insecurities and that cartoon voice in her head that will get her into shenanigans and stay tuned so upon that premise I was super pumped how about y'all I feel like I mean, the internet collectively freaked yeah. out. Like, I feel like all Lost of us were like, oh my God, this is the only thing that can grab. Especially, like, people who aren't necessarily, um, like, big Disney people. Um, mm-hmm. Which, I guess those people exist, whatever. Anyway, okay. so, I guess for, like, people who grew up when we did and grew up with the extremely low-budget version of Lizzie McGuire, yes. which if you go back and watch it, it is so, oh my god, I don't know, was the budget $12? I can't, it's it's so poorly produced, that's not the point though, it's, I can't do that right now, but all of us sort of, you know, we all loved Lizzie McGuire, we all wanted like our hair to look the same way, and mm-hmm. again, I can't get into that because it's just too much, but we all wanted to, you know, wear the same kind of clothes and, you know, be like Hillary Duff, and so I think for people who aren't necessarily big Disney people, that was a draw and that Mm -hmm. like turned into something huge with them they were like oh my god no i'm in i'm in i want to see lizzie mcguire struggling like the millennials we all are i want to see it i'm paying to see it when do we get it yeah no i was like oh my gosh thank goodness lizzie is back in my life i have missed her because lizzie was a huge influence on my childhood and style and hillary duff was like the queen of disney in her you know in the 2000s and so i think all of us wanted to be like lizzie if we grew up in that time and so the fact that they were like lizzie's coming back i was like yes i have missed you in this role hillary duff because 
she was just so charming in it. Um, and yeah, I was, I remember just being so excited because I was like waiting too for the announcement of like, but is Gordo coming back? Like, right? Oh my God. Tell I me. Cause that. I, <laughs> I needed yeah. that because you don't yes. have Lizzie McGuire without Gordo. You, you can't have Lizzie without Gordo. And then so. when it like, was like announced we that- will. I was just going to say, we will get into it before, as we discuss the actual movie, but, like, Lizzie and Gordo, before I knew what shipping was, I would say Lizzie and Gordo is probably one of my... They were my... They were my my first... First first ships. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were my first one. I shipped them before I knew what the word shipping meant. Um, I mean, I also shipped, like, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake, but they were already together, so it didn't really count. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I was like, that was like your first foray into like real life OTPs and shipping real people. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, I feel like we all were kind of like that though. Like the, the teen tabloids taught us to like ship real people. Let's oh, be I real. know. J14, BAP. Yeah, J14. My gosh. <laughs> You're welcome. I knew. I know that to throwback uh, that some people might not understand that reference, uh, but it's a real thing. No. Um, but I understood that reference and it's all worth it. But yeah, I mean, like, I feel like if you didn't have Gordo, what would... Because, and then you think, okay, great. You have this Lizzie McGuire mm-hmm. TV show, right? Okay, but yeah. is it just Hillary Duff? Mm-hmm. Is Gordo coming back? Are her parents coming back? Is her brother coming back? And then once yeah. they announce that everyone is on coming board, back? Uh, Is well, Miranda coming back from her mysterious trips that they kept writing her out for? Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, she's uh, she's visiting her grandmother. Um, She's still in this country. Which did you know? Elaine is I off learned. doing music. Which I learned. I was, yeah. uh, I was FaceTiming my friend a couple weeks ago, and for some reason we got, like, really heavy because I, I think my friend just often references the Lizzie McGuire movie for no reason at all. And yeah. And so he fair. mentioned it again. And then I think we just started talking about it. And then we just started talking about Miranda and we're like, like what happened to her life? Did you know, since I did a lot of Googling at that time, mm-hmm. did you know that there was apparently, which I guess either I knew of and blacked out on or like just didn't know existed that there was a show based on Miranda's younger sister as a spinoff of Lizzie McGuire I vaguely remember hearing about that I don't think it lasted long if it did last didn't at she all. didn't she leave because of like pursuing like music I thought yeah. that was the reason she left. she left because she was pursuing music but also because she did some bad things um, um. <clears throat> she went down a rough path <laughs> Um, yeah. And it wasn't just like I hear she's doing videos. better. Yeah, she's doing much better. Again, in this all this research yeah. that I found out, she is this doing is the great. thing that happened to her young stars in the early two thousands, and it's kind of a sad reality. I it's mean, true. It's true. I mean, let's wrong. face it though. Like at least Hillary Duff, all that she did really was get really bad. Hillary is one Hillary's... of the few that went out unscathed. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Hillary is one of the few that managed to make it out with. Right. Like... She just had bad veneers for a while, and then yeah. she fixed them, and we're fine. It's yep. fine. And then I think that's such a big point to make too is that if Hillary Duff wasn't on board, I don't think this would have succeeded in the way that it did. No. You know what I mean? Like. Because I love that throughout her career, she still references frequently Lizzie McGuire. Like, yeah. in her Instagram story, she talked about Lizzie McGuire. She has, like, the little icon and stuff in there sometimes. Well, and it's nice because, like, a lot of the times, the uh, for better or for worse, and because some of them are tied to really rough patches in their lives, some of the Miranda. Disney stars don't want to talk about their 
pasts and their careers before whatever they're focusing on now. So it's nice when Hilary Duff like makes reference to that fondly rather than like begrudgingly, you know? There's there's a difference. So Well, that's kind of like how they did with like, you know, Corey and Topanga when they did Girls Oh my they're gosh. Like, they're Sorry, like, not oh no, I love that school. show. I loved it so much. So I'm willing. Good. I look back on it so fondly that I'm willing to do the spinoff. Yeah. And so I think that's something. And I guess you could say the same for like Raven Simone when she mm. did. Um, it's now Raven's that's home. A Raven, Raven's yeah. home. Yeah, it's Raven's home now. And so I love, I love that you do have these little itty bitty pockets where they're mm-hmm. like, no, this was a really good experience for me. Yeah. I'm willing to bring it into a new generation in a different way and not in the yeah. same way. Other than Boy Meets World, yeah. where you're constantly crying, but um, so I, that's fine I, with Girl Meets World. You're also crying. So oh my god, I cried like every episode. I can't. I can't talk about that deeply. It's too <laughs> so much, I categorize my Disney Channel timeline by the Disney Channel circle of stars, and the oh yeah, the different when they would get all of them together to like sing a song, and do so, like a music video. Yeah, yeah, or like the so, Disney Channel games. Oh yeah. I'm here for the nostalgia. That's it. But because kind of the first wave of that is when they got everyone to do Circle of Life for the Lion King anniversary DVD. And so that is Hilary Duff. Um, You have Raven Simone, Annalise Vanderpool, Kyla Pratt, um, Christy Carlson, Romano, and then some of the like other even Stevens people. Gotta love. And so that's Did you where, just like, say you forgot about Even Stevens? No, I said you gotta love Even Stevens. Oh my god, I was about to end our friendship real fast. No, no, like, no. Don't talk to me anymore. No, no, no. Don't you worry. I fully remember Even Stevens. Okay, God bless. Anyway, go on. Sorry, yeah. Maddie. So that's where it's just like, yeah, that Hillary is in kind of that that first premiere class of like the Disney Channel stars. That 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 is a glorious time. And so yeah safe to say all the millennials are all super hyped that it's interesting that you'll bring up um girl meets world as far as so i think with any of these with any of the like quote-unquote nostalgic reboots or like sequel series kind of situation the the powers that be of like whoever's creating the show you kind of have to come to a decision of am i making the show for the people who watched originally or am I making the show for the same age group that watched the original show but now the next gen and so that's where sometimes I feel like some of these shows kind of struggle on where their identity is because Mm -hmm. they're trying to do it for both when Mm -hmm. I think you just kind of need to go all in on one and so Mm -hmm. Legion of Guire is a very unique situation and it's would go actually all in on the older generation for that. So because of it, like as far as just like the long lasting like cultural effect, I think it is very much just tied to our specific age because I don't think like people much younger than like us really have that much of like closeness and affinity to Lizzie McGuire because it was only 65 episodes because back in the day when Disney Channel started they had a rule when they made Mm -hmm. scripted series no matter how successful it is we make 65 episodes and then we're done which is why we only have 65 episodes of Even Stevens because also like but we have movies (laughs) Lizzie McGuire was at the height of its popularity when it ended and if it was in the future like even just like three years later I'd say they probably would have gone for at least, I would say, two or three more years. Because we would have taken Lizzie to high school. Yeah. But 
like because of just that model and everything then it ends then you have the movie which is um, also still pretty successful it made 55 million dollars in the, at the box office in 2003 so that's not shabby no and, so, and it still holds up today i mean like i said my friend references it all the time and you see memes yeah. still you see memes still involving it but until basically when Disney Plus launched and it's like this is the first time the show's available for streaming, there hasn't really been a chance for like a younger generation to really have any kind of tie with Lizzie McGuire as like an IP like, and a franchise and stuff. That's and the like, thing though. Like I don't know, like we're saying with like, I think the one show that bridges the gap between the nostalgia and a new generation is Girl Meets World. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it's not like, because the faces are really what people from our generation recognize. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for them to include Sean oh and I can't wait for them to I include couldn't. these people. But all the stories are very based in like... 2000 late 2010s and 20 like you know i don't know when girl meets world ended it ended like two two, three years ago yeah so like all the technology everything is the same whereas like even stevens or like lizzie mcguire like they're not it's a show that was very much based in like it's time so i feel like the younger generation they're not like trying to actively pull people in they're trying to get people who are nostalgic for it to watch it because like Mm -hmm. with girl meets world they're pulling new audiences in by making these characters like relevant and like in today yeah Yeah, to them today daughter and their son yeah exactly but they're also still drawing people in by not like by bringing back faces that like people in our generation recognize like and characters and that's kind of the reasoning for i feel like that's the it's it's a good example of a show that can bridge that while still like telling relevant stories but also bringing in the elements that made us fall in love with the original you know yeah Mm -hmm. and so that kind of brings us to the controversy regarding this reboot series is so they filmed i think they were just they were they filmed two episodes and then all of a sudden out of the blue and just like the middle of the week all of a sudden you get these um like notification seeing on the timeline from like tv line and different outlets of just lizzie mcguire has stopped production over creative differences and you're like hmm okay well at least they're just working it out and not gonna make something if they're not entirely sure about it but stay tuned and then i would say within just like a week or two after that then it's like full-on oh no it's not just like taking a break this is done because we're at an impasse in like we can't we can't sort it out as far as basically the situation in short is that the disney powers that be are wanting like they were worried things were too quote-unquote adult for programming that would be featured on disney plus and both the original creator of the show who was show running um the new reboot as well as well as hillary duff were like yeah but if we're telling what lizzie mcguire is as an adult this is what the story would be and being true to the character so then they did offer like please just put us on hulu then and they're like yeah but we already made all these announcements that the show is going to be on disney plus and so now there's just there's no show but my thing is is that you can easily just say well we know this was originally a disney plus show but we feel it's more suited towards a hulu audience just do that 
Yeah, because, I mean, we we talked about this before we started recording. Like, there are things from Disney that will never be on Disney+, Plus that Disney technically owns. Like, there will never be – Deadpool will never be on Disney+. Plus. No, like, absolutely not. And, like, that's – people don't expect it to be on Disney+. Plus. I think if they would have started it out saying, like, this is going to be for a more, like, mature kind of audience, even if it's, like, more just PG-13, like, if it's not, like – even if it's not explicit, if it's just more adult – then they should have started out by going, okay, like, we're going to put it on Hulu, um, and, like, here's... They could still have pitched a bundle with Disney+, Plus, so that way you're getting Hulu cheaper, you're getting Disney+, Plus real cheap, and everyone wins in the end. But I think that the fact that they announced that it was going to be on Disney+, Plus made people think that it was like, cool, we'll see Lizzie. And I think that Disney wanted it to be more of, like, a Raven's Home or a um, Girl Meets World kind of adult version of those characters, and... I don't know. I feel like Lizzie, it's interesting to me because, like, I've followed well, Hilary Duff on on Younger, and, like, that feels like the direction that they want to go more so with, yeah. with Lizzie is well, her I character on Younger. Well, what's interesting is when you point out is that with Raven's Home and Girl Meets World, it's basically we see these characters as an adult, but they're already fully settled down with kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is Lizzie McGuire as a single adult, 30 years old in New York City. As a messy so, millennial. So her character a, on Younger. Right? <laughs> like, and it's a messy millennial, and that's who's going to be watching is messy millennials. Yeah. I mean, I I have, I, I get it. I totally get the, the thing. I, it is just very interesting because, like, I think for me, yeah, it would be kind of interesting to see, like, well, what's the difference between, like, Lizzie, Hillary playing Lizzie who is very similar to, like, it seems like it would sound very similar to the character Kelsey that she plays on Younger. And, and Younger is Hilary Duff, single, in New York City, working in, like, the like publishing. editorial publishing world. So throw in a cartoon, and you basically got, like, and her fashion is on point. Like, that's the whole point of Younger, too. Um, and is it combining those elements? So... It is interesting to me to go, like, I do wonder, like, what the differences would be, apart from just adding in the characters that we saw when we were right. younger. Because it seems like that's the direction that they want her character, like, Lizzie, to take, which is understandable. I mean, characters grow up, but you make a good point in that, like, the characters that we see who've grown up from all of these earlier Disney series are settled down, and they basically have the same lives that they did when they were younger like I mean, uh, yeah well i mean so, like the only people we've seen their relationship grow in these remakes is Corey and topanga because that was such a central driving force yeah. in boy meets world so we knew at the end of that show okay they're married it's fine we're all gonna be fine so we yeah. saw that progression and then so when that we see it now we're like okay they're still in love she became a powerful lawyer which we all knew she was going to do mm-hmm. and so but we don't see how raven got to the point where she got to we, we saw her when she was a teenager, and now she has two kids, and that's the end of it. We don't know what happened in between. Yeah. And so, the, so real quick, I have a quote. Um, so Terry Minsky was the original creator of Lizzie McGuire, and she talked to Variety um, about the whole situation and said, I'm so proud of the two episodes we did. Hillary has a grasp of Lizzie McGuire at 30 that needs to be seen. It's a wonderful thing to watch. I would love to show to exist 
but ideally I would love it if it could be given that treatment of going to Hulu and doing the show that we are doing. That's the part where I'm completely in the dark. It's important to me that this show is important to people. I felt like I wanted to do a show that was worthy of that kind of devotion. And then basically the Disney spokesperson is like, we paused production on Lizzie McGuire a few weeks ago to allow time for some creative redevelopment. Our goal is to resume production and to tell an authentic story that connects to millions who are emotionally invested in the character and a new generation of viewers too, which is just like a sentence of nothing. Yeah. And I mean, like, like I said, I don't understand. I understand. Let me, let me say this fully. I do understand that they, when they originally announced it, okay, I'm announcing it and we're announcing it to be on Disney plus. Okay. Well, if the show devolved from what you thought it was, then just say, you know, we thought this was going to be on Disney plus. We understand that maybe that's not the direction we're going. So we're going to put it on Hulu instead. I don't understand why that is still such an issue. You're still under the Disney umbrella in a sense because Disney owns Hulu, but just say, okay, you know what? It's not what we thought was going to be for the message of Disney plus. So we've decided instead to put it on Hulu because we understand because we're not stupid that people want this. We saw the outpouring of support and love for this reboot. Okay. So put it on Hulu then. So what's interesting and with this whole situation kind of in tandem with the whole Lizzie McGuire move that at the same time, along with the Lizzie McGuire show getting paused, um, Disney was originally doing a spinoff of like the theatrical film Love, Simon as a Disney Plus series. Oh, yeah. And so that was basically like a really cute love story and like coming of age story set in high school, but just that the main character was gay. And then because of quote unquote adult themes one more time that it got switched to Hulu. And so the biggest gripe that a lot of people are having is that it becomes very clear that in just the subjectivity of what's quote unquote family friendly and all Mm -hmm. of that, because there is very violent titles of things in different yeah. Star Wars stuff, different Star Marvel Wars stuff. Marvel Star Wars, stuff. Marvel. I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Like, I, I know that it wasn't technically produced. Like, it's not under the umbrella of Disney, but Disney has it on Disney+. Plus. Like, I love Three Men and a Baby. The main storyline is about drugs. That's what 90% of the movie is, like, a drug deal. Like, and then you have, like, people getting stabbed in Black Panther and, like, all of these violent, like, gunfights and things like that in all of these other movies. So the... Underage inter- drinking and 10 Things I, I Hate About You. Thank 10 Things you. I Hate About You has a lot of, like, random stuff that I'm like, yeah, this isn't, like, what I would consider a family-friendly movie. Like, it's available on a family-friendly service. Yeah, there's still... there, So... Like, I think that that's like the interesting thing is is the argument of like these new I think it's it, it's well, almost like they could explain it away for like oh this was in the 80s oh this is like we just bought this like oh this God, just came under our umbrella that it happened in the 80s see nice. I, I that's the that's thing. the that's the Disney exec who said no it's I mean but Ugh. we can't have any new stuff that has this stuff in it no. it was it was I think it's that. becoming clear that as far as just the identity of the streaming services and stuff if they're going to want to keep up with like because Warner Brothers is dropping HBO Max pretty soon and it's Mm -hmm. just going to have everything all together 
is that they probably need to expand a little bit more. Like, I don't think they need to go all the way to, like, having your R-rated titles like Deadpool and stuff on there. That can stay on Mm -hmm. Hulu, but you probably need to just be more inclusive of, like, some PG-13 type content and just have, like, more flexibility in terms of, like, the parental controls and that kind of stuff. But then again, like you were saying, you were talking about Like, because pretty much every streaming service does. But like you were saying how... They said maybe that the Love, Simon thing wasn't suited just because, you know, say it was because of an LGBTQ character, right? Okay, but then that goes back to what I was saying. There was that sleeper hit on Disney Channel called Andy Mack, and then they spend the whole, like, a portion of the series telling her this is her older sister. When then you find out that her older sister is actually her mother who had her when she was a teenager, and then not only that, but there's a character who's gay. So you're going to have that on Disney channel and then get really sticky about what you have on disney plus how does that work so yeah it's it's kind of a hot mess we'll stay tuned like i sincerely want this show to happen whether it's on disney plus or hulu i'm subscribed to both so but i would love for it just to be on disney plus because it's part of the experience where i want to watch the old show and then the new show all together in one thing and everyone wants it we mm-hmm. do. And so, kind of getting into before we fully get into the movie of like, Jen, you were, you were kind of touching on briefly of just that like Lizzie McGuire was a super important like character and show to oh you and like you're yes. growing up and all of that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Lizzie, Lizzie was my. So, uh, oh gosh, I was looking at how old I was when the movie came out, and I was 14 when the movie came out. So let's see, how old was I when the show came out? In my formative years. I was in formative so, years. Yeah, it was like 2001 so, was when it premiered. Okay, so then, like, it, the movie was 2003. So yeah. then that would have made me 12. So, yes, my my preteen to teen early years were Lizzie McGuire. Thank God um, you're on this podcast. Because I'm always the oldest person, and you like, know we're the same age, so it's fine. <laughs> but like Lizzie was, Lizzie was so formative to me because mm-hmm. one, Lizzie and Gordo were my first ship before I knew what shipping was. I was just like, this is wonderful, and Lizzie was just like a. It was fun to see someone who was not the popular girl who never became the popular girl in school. But she had friends, and she was quirky and a little weird, and, like, there were all of these fun side characters that always got really well-developed, and, like, Lizzie was just a style icon, like, butterfly clips and all, like, and and Miranda, too, like, all of the characters on the show had, like, the best fashion, and... There was a whole yes. episode where Lizzie's like getting ready for like picture day and things oh my like God, that. Yes, the picture and day episode. My <gasps> gosh. I just like I remember just wanting like looking at her clothes and being like, I just want her closet. Like I want her closet as a kid. Um, but also it was just like the, like was, the bedazzled hip hugger jeans that yes. whole episode that yes mm-hmm. and her style evolved so much when she like toward the end of the series too. Like she got more grown up, obviously. Like they're supposed to be going off to high school-ish uh, by the end of the, the show. Well, um, the movie's in her eighth grade year, so. Yeah, like, so it ends, yeah, that's right. 
Um, but like, you know, she, her style evolved and like as the, as the show evolved in quality too, just a little bit. It was still not the, I mean, it's still early 2000s, but like from the pilot. So fun fact, the first thing, I think people were, were tweeting about this, like the first thing that you watched when Disney Plus released, um, I got up that morning, downloaded Disney Plus, and the first thing I watched was the pilot of Lizzie McGuire because Ooh, I, I was that like, didn't hold up. Uh, it did not, but I, it was so nostalgic for it that I was like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. And I love it so much. Like, but the, even her little animated, uh, inner self. And that was what was so unique about it was that she had an animated inner self who was just so quirky and funny and was, was almost what you wish you had in your own head and that a lot of us like, I wish think we that we all had just a, sort of like projected that into our own yeah. lives though. Yeah, like at that time sure. we were like, okay. I have this internal dialogue, so yes. what would my essentially very archaic version of a Bitmoji look like? Yeah. At, as they say all these things in my head. Yeah, Lizzie was just, I loved the show. I loved the movie, saw it in theaters, and I just, I, I thought Lizzie was great. Lizzie was a great character, and all the characters on the show. It was nice to see two, like, three friends like three best friends as opposed to like two you were so used to seeing and just mm-hmm. like a little a little trio of girl like two girls and a boy like who supported each other and that was that was really fun to see because you didn't really see that often I don't feel like it was always like I have one girl best friend and that's it and it's like oh Lizzie has two best friends yeah and they're always yeah. there for her did you en- um, ever have that like argument though like in uh, like elementary school or middle school where you're like okay but no that's my best friend okay but no that's my best friend but you can have two no you can't no, you yeah can't. you sure can't no you can't look in in, in elementary in school the words you of mindy kaling but... best friend isn't a person it's a tear yes it is it now as an adult i've realized that best friend is a tear when i was in elementary school yes. or middle school it was like you could only have one and they had to be your one person right but... so this was like yeah. that sort of breaking that yeah. idea yeah which i loved Yes. I love Lizzie. So much. She's the best. Okay, so let's get into the movie. Um, So (laughs) that huge anticipation we all had of seeing it, and that we, I'd say, watched it in the tens of times, I would say, at Mm -hmm. least. Have a lot of it memorized. Good chunk of it. And so basically, we start at eighth grade graduation, like Lizzie has a speech, but naturally she's clumsy and like, oh my god! So, just really, can we quickly. just talk about the opening song first of all? The song and dance to the opening credits yes. because I remember I like my sister and I rewatched this recently, and she's like, "Do you remember this this song?" I was like, "I do remember this song." Yes, because of course I do. Because it's a cover of "The Tide Is High" by yes, this band from the early aughts called Atomic Kitten, and if you watch the music video for that, it's like a girl group, and you know oh, they're wow, in that, that early two thousand. So much older than that. <laughs> there's a Blondie version. There's oh yeah, my God. I'm saying it's a cover, yeah. but like the yeah. one. Yeah, it's the cover of the, yeah, the Tide Is but High. But like the Atomic Kitten music video that it's like this early 2000s girl group and you know they're in like the baggy pants and the crop tops although it's funny is like the crop top there's one girl that is clearly pregnant and they have her just like situations in the back and it's kind of funny just watching in retrospect they're like yeah we're gonna hide you you get a tank top well that's everyone rough. else is like in a crop top <laughs> they're like yeah but it's stuck in my head now yeah and just singing it to hairbrush it's just 
it's very relatable lizzie of it's just, the like, very it's the very like if we were playing like minor rom-com bingo it would be the scene where someone's trying to find something to wear and they're singing along to it it's a montage of yes. her trying to get ready for eighth grade graduation uh did either of you have an eighth grade graduation i did my school did you really yeah we did um because my school it's set up like i went to school from kindergarten to fifth grade in one school sixth seventh and eighth in the next school and then um ninth through twelfth and a a third in the high school so mine wasn't like one of those like hybrid middle school high schools yeah so when i graduate graduated eighth grade we had like a whole ceremony and it was so stupid dang yeah, I was, yeah, it's, I, I mean, it, I didn't but feel like it was private it was school, necessary. so it was, like, our class was, like, 60 kids, you know, that kind mm. of thing. I think we had an eighth grade dance. I definitely know that we did not have an eighth grade graduation, though. I had both, a dance and a graduation. And so that, also, can we just talk about how it is such a trope of, like, early 2000 stuff, is that the way that they made female characters relatable is that by being clumsy. clumsy. Thank you. She when you said what? that, when you said that before Jen said something about like the opening song, I was like, I want to squash this trope right now. I is hate- it like an early two thousands, or is it still just a trope that no, every it's still girl just a trope? Because that it's, it's like so irritating. You know like, what oh makes God, her interesting? So she just falls down all the time. Can everyone has everyone watched? Isn't it romantic? Because that's my favorite yes. thing about this mo- that movie is that it just it makes fun of all of the, the fact that like oh my god. I just fall all, all, <laughs> all over the place. And like, like how that was such a driving force in Twilight. Yes. Like, it's basically how do we play down that Sandra so Bullock bad. is unbelievably gorgeous and like try to make her look like a normal, relatable person? Oh, just have her fall. <laughs> yes. And I have just, her wear like gray and then we'll transform her in Miss Congeniality into Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, I hate it. But, but yeah, no, no. I mean, but that's even also though true. I adore that movie. I oh, will yeah. say, I will say that at least with Lizzie McGuire, it was a common quality of Lizzie's. Like it wasn't just inserted. She was very like throughout the entire series. She was kind of known as like uncoordinated and klutzy, which is really is funny because, because at the end like, of this movie, she's really not any of those things anymore. Yeah. She's a yeah. pop star. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, so, and it is true, too, of, like, as opposed to, like, normally the rom-com trope that happens to, like, a fully grown woman. But yes, this is a 7th or 8th grader, which is, like, literally the most uncoordinated time of your entire it's life. True. Because your limbs are just growing and doing things that you just don't know how to handle it. Yeah. And so, quick little personal sidebar of, like, around 8th grade is when I had, like, about a 5-inch growth spurt. And so I was just, like awkwardly tall and my sister called me the awkward giraffe because I wish I was Jen just and like, I knew anything about that we're both so short yeah no. but <laughs> it was just like I'm having tiny. like super long limbs that I didn't know how to like properly function in and so I feel it so anyway eighth grade graduation like she like trips and falls and brings the entire curtain down with her and it's like super embarrassing but we also have the iconic line of when she deals with kate sanders who <laughs> lizzie mcguire you were an outfit repeater <laughs> so dumb. i, I say that more often that she she wore I... the same dress to like a birthday party as the like graduation thing no she wore it to the dance 
Oh, there we go. Yeah. It's a peasant. I wanted to write down her rant because it is very specific. Like, like Kate, did you really remember everything that everyone wears? That's a good superpower to have. Right. Um, but I love, we can talk about this later. I love Kate Sanders so much, <laughs> like, especially in this movie. She's, she's um, one of the characters who comes up and I'm like, you're so great. Uh, but yes, the Lizzie McGuire, you're an outfit repeater. And then the, well, you're an outfit rememberer that she says in her head. I don't know how often I quote that in my adult life, but it's more frequent than most things from my childhood. So there's that. And I felt that because I, um, I've had like in middle school for whatever, I would never wish middle school on anyone. Like, I mean, those three oh my years gosh, were like no. the worst three years of my life, no. which is just ugh, ridiculous. Agreed. So I had... There was there were a few you know real real uppity snobbity girls at this time and they were like you wore that like a month ago cool I know because it looked great on me then and it looks great on me now I don't understand why you need to bring that up so it like that struck a chord with me when she said that yes struck a chord also because most eighth graders like a nice dress you don't get to like buy a lot of those you know right. Like, most people's parents would be like, yeah, you already have, like, something for 8th grade graduation. We don't need to buy you something new. Yeah. Yeah. So, but get away from me with that. Fun fact, the actor who plays Kate Sanders, she's, like, an attorney now. Which I did yeah. know that. I did know I that. Did w- I did read that through, I think there was a BuzzFeed article that came out I about, like, where are they now too. for every single character on the show? And I was like, let me consume this content. I think that's exactly where I found that out um, as well. Can I have a sidebar about the fact that, like, the guy who plays Ethan Kraft is still incredibly attractive, and there was that, like, uh, Megan Trainer Hillary Duff video. Did you guys yes. watch that? Or she surprises Megan Trainer with grown-up Ethan Kraft, no. and she freaks out. Oh, my gosh. I need to yeah. I need to send it to you, because yeah. Megan Trainer is... Look it up on is, YouTube. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I don't remember what... Um, what. Like, Megan Trainer. She Megan Trainor like fan girls that she's like I'm married. hard. Yeah, she is. She fan girls hard, and it's adorable. So, um, but yeah, he he grew up pretty nicely. I bet he did. Mm-hmm. More than just good hair. Yes. But um, anywho, so it's a great introduction. But the whole big thing, the whole premise of the movie, we're going to Rome <laughs> because that's okay. where eighth graders no, no. go. No. Here, look, I've got a bone to pick. Okay, guys, I need to talk about this because yes. my sister and I just watched a Cinderella story and time doesn't exist in a Cinderella story is what we decided. There's no timeline that makes any of this make sense. Probably not. Not only does Lizzie's eighth grade field trip send them to Rome, they also send them to a water park. It's not like they got one or the other. They got both. They got half of the class apparently, or most of the class opted to go to 36 hour drive, which who knows how many adults went with them because there was only one that went with the group to Rome. And then the other got Rome? I have so many questions about the budget of this middle school and also why in the world would only one adult be going with That's a bunch of eighth thing. graders like my to okay Rome, i grew to up a foreign country i grew up in a house that had virtually no rules right like i mean literally my parents were just like well don't die i mean seriously just don't die so but they would have a problem with one adult <laughs> with, for how many of them were there 
Like there were like thirty kids. Were there thirty kids? I can't remember. Like how many? Let's just round it out and say like a general class size is between twenty five and thirty kids. Okay. Say like four went to this water park. So we're between. 21 and 26 kids anything over what no anything over 10 eighth graders yeah there's no way there's no way one adult like my parents for perspective in eighth grade we had a trip where we drove to colorado and did like a little camp thing for like a week and it was so basically for like it was like 40 something eighth graders and there were about like seven adult chaperones yeah, but did you go to Rome? Yeah, you didn't go to no. Rome. <laughs> a literal foreign country. Like, your parents were just like, yeah, have a great time here's, on this plane ride. Goodbye. Here's what I have so many questions about. Okay, I've got multiple questions about the logistics of this. And it bugs me hilariously to this day that this is the eighth grade field trip. That the option was either a 36-hour drive to a water park or Which doesn't Rome. make sense because they're in California. Because, like. Yeah. First of all. That's fine. 36-hour drive feels okay, whatever. Are um, they going but, to a water park in Canada? Because like, seriously. I don't know. They're going to Rome, Maddie. Like, where else are they going? Are they just driving into the ocean? What's happening? I have so many questions. My other question is, like, who opts for a water park over, over going to a, over Rome? Like, even if you're an eighth grade student, like the fact that you were like, cool, I can go to a foreign country without my parents for two weeks. Like, and the other follow up question is who's paying for the students to go to Rome and a water park? I assume the school as well is paying for all of this. Right. So, like in my high school, we had like, like a very small, so like I can't even stress the, small group of people who did like a sort of um uh i don't want to say foreign exchange program because they didn't have someone like exchange lives with Mm -hmm. them but they like went and like were immersed in the culture there and they could only speak that language and by small i mean really very small group of people and they had to pay for it so Mm -hmm. (sighs) yeah Rome. They didn't say like, hey, here, sign this permission slip and also provide $5,000. The school is just like, here, sign this permission slip and here, say adios. Sign this permission slip <laughs> and your child will go to do, to Rome for two weeks. <laughs> without without okay. time, even, even with time. a crappy hotel, two weeks in Rome just because. Like, they were in a freaking I, nice hotel too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I used to be a travel agent. So I'm just thinking like your average hotel room and like if you kind of based off of like visual cues and stuff i would say you're looking close to about 250 to 300 a night and for so for 14 nights and they rented out some sort of like tour bus too because they were always like going on these like audio i, I don't know if like yeah and it was like a private sort of tour. tour yeah yeah like some sort of private tours that they're having private tours have, are more expensive i have so many questions about this school as i get older so like as a kid as a kid i obviously knew none of this makes sense because i was not dumb i was 14 but i was like not stupid but now in as john mulaney would say now at the end of my life i i have even more questions about like how is this even a thing that like someone thought you know what we're gonna send the eighth graders to rome no explanation needed they're just going to rome and everyone was like cool sounds good like i would say that trip on average would be about six to eight thousand dollars per person yeah so don't come at me sideways and say "Mm -mm, no 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 anyway i don't buy it 
anyway, they're going to Rome. So that's... so anyway, moral of the story is they're going to Rome. <laughs> they're going to Rome, and we don't understand it. This school must be loaded. It's fine. Totally. I... Also, I love that, like, so Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is, like, this big deal Emmy, like, sweeping award deal show. And that Alex Borstein, I just, to this day... She is Mrs. Ungermeyer. That's how I knew her. I was See, like, it I, was. I it, differ it, here with that because I was like obsessed with Mad TV, which is like the lesser version of Saturday Night Live. Um, and she was this character called Miss Swan, and she, I, she was just the funniest thing on the planet. So when I see her in that, I'm always like, why don't you talk like Miss Swan more? Valid, valid. So it's different for me, but I understand that she. And then for other people, it could be that she's Lois from Family Guy. But, like, so we have our, our single adult. Our single that adult. Just remember one that. One single as we say adult. This over and over again. One single adult. <laughs> single and adult. she's already suspicious of Lizzie and, like, doesn't like Gordo because he's a little brown noser, which... I just love that she just hates Gordo right off the bat. I'm like, who... Who hates okay. Gordo? Who hates Gordo? <laughs> Apparently, Miss Ungermeyer. I guess. Well, also, also, she's the principal of the high school, and she's going on this trip, and that's it. That's just the principal of the high school. I have to. I just have to repeat this so that everyone is aware that this is the plot when you say it out loud (laughs) of this movie. The principal of the high school that these kids will be going to is the only adult going with a group of at least twenty. Children, children. To a for- children, minors to a foreign country. And she knows none of them. Just to further this. Just to further this. Yeah. So they're like, they're doing the tours and like, you have some of the like lovable moments of just that like, the Lizzie McGuire characters are still Lizzie McGuire characters because they're God like, bless. In the hotel, and Ethan's like, "Are the can phone I, numbers this are in English or Italian?" Can I just say that I kind of I wish like Larry would have been on the trip with them. Like, Tudman, that's the one. Yes. Tudman was like the one character that we were missing from this from this group. Also, of nostalgic. If, if we needed like an adult chaperone, I know Alex Borstein is very funny, but like the the teacher with the like the short dreads, who was really likable, but. Um, actually, one thing we didn't touch on because we were already just distracted by Rome is, in in terms of Lizzie Gordo moments, is the plane ride there. It's just like the cutest. So thing. cute. Oh yeah. So cute. I'm I'm mimicking the happy endings, Jeff. So cute. So cute. <laughs> so cute. Because they're just adorable, and like he takes like cute pictures of her, and then like they fall his asleep. His hair is just really on point in this movie. I gotta say too, like that was like jealousy curly hair yeah curly hair girl over here being like man i'm jealous of gordo's hair in this movie i like the moment when like he wakes up before she does and like sees that like the sunlight is like beaming on her and that she just looks like this perfect angel which no one looks like that after a transcontinental no one i can't even tell you how awful i looked every time i went to europe i'm like wow that's yeah. rough. <laughs> that's not how I left. Yeah, no. no but no. that's why this summer when I saw Spider-Man Far From Home, that 
I was like getting the same like Lizzie Gordo vibes yeah. with Peter Parker and Zendaya's MJ. Also, I know that we're backing up again and we'll we'll get to Rome in like two seconds, but can I just say like I love the little moment of like Lizzie being upset about leaving her family and actually like going back to hug her mom again and like that was just another sweet little like if you watched the series it was really sweet and even if you didn't to just see this teenager who's like pretending to be all cool and then she turns around and she's like wait I need to hug my mom because I'm gonna be gone from her for two weeks in a foreign country with one of my friends one of my enemies and one adult uh, adult to make sure nothing happens just one yeah and one one adult who doesn't know me one of the stupidest people alive (laughs) (laughs) oh plot holes these days there's just I mean I love there's such a soft spot but it's just so hilariously like wow so great yeah because poor ethan so is just so dumb that it's like a miracle <sighs> he just doesn't get like mugged or kidnapped but like, like i will i will talk about this as we continue ethan and kate in this movie are on point like in terms of the character development and just their endearingness i think that ethan just getting a chance to have like real moments and actually be be like supportive and give advice is real fun it was real fun to see him graduate from like that just uh kind of dumb he's still pretty dumb though i mean he is (laughs) the the scene of like you read all of the books on the list i read the list (laughs) that moment i'm just like that's ethan there we go and so fast forwarding just to let's let's get the action going is big inciting and incident so they're at the trevi fountain which rome does look fantastic in this movie it made me want to go and it's rome is wonderful it just don't go during the summer it's way too hot it's way too hot i literally burned so yeah i can't talk about it it was like 100 plus degrees the one time i went i I was supposed to go this july and i'm still kind of sad in the coliseum yeah no we went in july and it was like 100 plus degrees of the coliseum and let me tell you Apparently, they're also there in the summer, and it is not that hot, clearly. Okay, they would yeah. be covered in sweat. And yes. Like, the whole time I was in Rome, I was like, I hope I yes, get my because pictures they're at as the early Trevi as Fountain possible. And Lizzie's in a long sleep button. Yeah, none of that makes sense. But no, anyway. I wore as little, as, like, the smallest dress I could find with, like, yep. the most breathable fabric. I was yep. like, this is the one for all of Rome. I'm wearing this yep. the whole time I'm in Rome. I was literally wearing, like, a cami under a shirt that was basically just, like, super sheer. And I was still, it was, like, I was, I was still melting. sweating so much. Still it was melted. terrible. Anyway, Lizzie isn't melting at the Trevi Fountain, so which is another plot hole. No, another in plot her hole. long sleeve button-up t-shirt. <laughs> plot holes. Plot like, holes abound. Yeah. Where she has, like, part straight, part curly hair. And it's it's an iconic look. As was trendy. Well, I that's what but... we talked. Maddie and I talked about that on the original Lizzie McGuire episode we had, where like she couldn't decide between crimped and curled, so she had both. And I was yeah. like, oh god, you have to not do that ever again, because this is just rough. But then I feel like the Lizzie McGuire movie definitely like catapulted that look of like half straight, mm. half curled, like yeah, into the stratosphere, and was like, here, this is the, it was this is the vibe. So anywho, that. Sh- all of a sudden, we are introduced to Paolo. Paolo. And says he, like, Paolo. it's the dramatic, like, slow down <laughs> shot. And he, like, brings his sunglasses down and is like, Isabella. Okay. And- <laughs> this is my quip about this, right? Because I feel this, I say this, I think, at least, like, 52 times a season during Supergirl. Where I'm mm-hmm. like, it's, it's a hair color. It's 
one like why is he thinking it's Lizzie like you can't confuse these two that it's I they're not the same person and just like how they could like trick them at the end to make them believe it was her I'm like really people really this is this is how easy it is yes, to it dupe is. you all yes okay okay sure it is fully grown adults in this movie completely competent under normal circumstances have no idea that this is not the same person like come on seriously (laughs) quick little little sidebar is paolo supposed to be like the same age as lizzie he's supposed to be like 16 or 17 i think they say yeah he's a little older yeah, because she's if she's supposed to be in eighth grade, she's, she's supposed to be about fourteen. So yeah. that's I mean they made it believable that he's like a sixteen, seventeen year old pop star. It's like Justin Bieber at his early okay. stages, you know, because he looks like a full grown man. Yeah, he does. But also I'm I don't have as big big of an issue because Hillary Duff looks old enough. Like as yeah. a person, I, I very quick sidebar. I rewatched Sleepover recently, which I have a lot of problems with. Again, because, doesn't hold because, up. Because the characters who are supposed to be in high school look very much older from the kids who are supposed to be graduating from eighth grade. Anyway, Paolo looks comparable, at least, to Hillary Duff, like the actor. Yeah, it's him. proportional. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. At least there's that. Yes. yes. So she gets recognized of like, he thinks she's Isabella because it is the same person like Hillary Duff also plays <laughs> Isabella in a wig and... Again, I don't God know how her. a hair color is what's I, tricking people. Is it is it that she was supposed to be on an island, so they just assumed she'd dye her hair? Like it makes they, no that's, sense. That was to me. that was what made no sense too. Like she came back from the the island and her hair was lighter, but then you see Isabella and her hair is like completely dark. So you're like, not even if her hair was lightened, would you believe that it was that blonde that's automatically? What I'm like I. I it blows my mind that a literal going hair from color. that dark to blonde is no. literal. It's so hard. It takes it this, takes so much just, work. It takes so much mental straining, especially when Lizzie just keeps messing up, like accidentally signing her name Lizzie, like to start on that guy's like, arm, bye. and then the fashion, uh, the fat woman who's like dressing her. I'm like, she's mentioning like she has no discernible Italian accent. Not at all. Isabella comes back with a very heavy some sort of accent god bless Hilary Duff um and I just think that it's really funny so any I think the moral of this story so far is that adults are easily tricked uh in this universe they're very easily conned by by children they know nothing (laughs) they know nothing oh it's so great so dumb so yeah so basically Paolo gets the idea of Lizzie taking Isabel's place for like this big performance because there's been some kind of rift between Paolo and Isabella and Paolo is not great like he is prototypical of well there there's a word for it but we're not using that language on I mean what's really interesting though about him is like he's not even like that mustache twirlingly evil villain like he just kind of is this guy and it is funny enough that the like it's funny because some people call it out like hey Lizzie you like Isabella tells her like hey who are you gonna believe like this guy or Gordo um and you can see her actually think about it for a second which I think is is 
it's funny. Um, but, like, none of the other characters that know what's going on seem to find an issue with Lizzie going off with a strange 17-year-old whom they know very little to very nothing about. Who's and on, like, Kate, a Vespa. Yeah, and Kate's like, this is the best! And I'm like, oh, but you are... And, and then I have to kind of flash back and go, okay... The only adult on this trip is being conned, so they cannot say anything with reason. All of the other people giving Lizzie advice in this movie are children. Like, they are literal children, children. who are telling her what to do. So I can't fault this too badly because it's not like her mom is there to tell her what to do or another wise adult is telling them what to do. Because I can do. understand with, like, Kate. It's exciting. Yeah. Like, Kate, I, I mean, Kate is like a, she's a 14-year-old too who just, like, 14, yeah. 15, who just wants to have some adventures and she's jealous so but she's a child giving lizzie advice and Gordo i would eat carbs if an italian too. boy bought them for me oh my gosh that is an iconic line <laughs> i love see and this is why i love kate so much she shows so much growth throughout this movie um she's just very endearing in the terms of like oh she actually even though it's terrible because she's helping lizzie sneak off and go with a 17 year old boy and no one's like maybe stranger danger um he's cute that's how that's how you get kidnapped kids you're in a foreign country like you are in italy you're not even in your own hometown anymore um but i mean i think that it's this was a pre-taken world it was it actually i mean it was i mean it literally was yeah if if this would have taken place after, I think that Kate would have sat Lizzie down and been like, "I think you need to watch this movie." Yeah, with I this think boy. you need to. We need to get you on some new information. Yeah. But I mean, he's not like he's not like a villain until like the very end. He's just like it's lying before to her. the Prince Hans twist. There was yeah. Paolo. But, like, Prince Hans was, like, very, like, evil. Like, even Paolo's, like, final evil moments, like, he doesn't really get a chance to have, like, a this is my motivation kind of thing. He just kind of runs off stage and then gets thrown to the paparazzi and that's it. Like, he doesn't Paolo even get, like, a really music, good, like... so Paolo must face music. <laughs> he doesn't even get, like, a really good, like, villain moment. They're just kind of like, oh, yeah, he's sort of... Like, there's not... Re- he's sort of the villain. Like, he's a bad guy, but he's... He's just he- a liar. <laughs> He's yeah. just a liar, but, like, Lizzie still gets to be, like, a pop star for a night. So, really, how who, who to lost me, in this situation? <laughs> Sing it to me, Paolo. I'm never... Uh, that, you never gets old. No, it never okay, gets old. There's an unofficial Disney merch vendor that makes, like, t-shirts and sweatshirts that say, Sing to me, Paolo. And God I, bless. And I want one so bad. I need one. <laughs> it's just such a good... It's such a good little burn. But, yeah, no, he's not, like, a... He's not, like, a classic Disney villain or, like, a bad guy. Even the bad... Even the, like, the the stereotypical bully who you would think, like, Kate is the, is a normal, nice person in this movie. Like, all things considered. She's snide and she makes jokes. But she, like... That's what I love so much about... I'm going to get... I'm going to get on a soapbox and talk about Kate for a sec. Yes. And Ethan. Because they are so supportive of Gordo and Lizzie in this. And it just makes me so happy. Because Kate is constantly the one... Even in the series, like in Clueless, she was the one who was talking about how like, hey, maybe Gordo just wants to get noticed. And did you ever consider that he's trying to get you to notice him? And Ethan is the one who's giving... um, Gordo advice. My favorite thing is like when Gordo says, "Oh, what's the what's the thing that Ethan says?" It's like the not the look. It's the what's his like? It's like the flirty thing. Ah, I'm drawing blank. But he says that, and Kate looks at him like, "Where did you get that from?" And you can. It's just so like little subtle moments of like 
her character being so like soft and kind and um she's still like you know at her core just like eye rolling throughout most of it but it's eye rolling i feel like the older that i get the more i relate to kate about how like she's <laughs> the line that she says about um like miss uh Ungermeyer telling her and ethan to separate she's like oh we did that <laughs> <laughs> I just love I just love her so so much and she is um you know she's just being super supportive and Ethan too with like Gordo and Lizzie and also just like growth for Ethan and Kate at the end of the movie and like them having an honest conversation and Kate eating carbs you know it's there's a nice little arc there and uh Kate doesn't get enough credit because she's really sweet she is really sweet. She's also very, like, perceptive, and she's the one who figures it out. And literally, that's my favorite line, though, is, um, oh, evil and smart. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Kate go, Kate's basically like, wait, what does she say? She says, um, oh, I'll, fi- I'll find it. I'll find it later. Um, but, yeah, no, anyway, I love Kate. I love Ethan. I think that they are great, and I think that they played great supporting roles in this story. I do, too. I think she says embrace it, fear it. Yeah, that's what it is. She's, like, Gordo's surprised that she figured it out, and he, <laughs> evil and smart. Embrace it, fear it. <laughs> like, this is why I love you, Kate. You're so good. I like to imagine, much like the actress, that Kate became a successful lawyer. Right? That's what I was just about to say. Did she think, like, is that where she ended up down the line? I think that that, I think that that's it. And, like, Ethan is probably, like, her trophy husband. Because also, like... (laughs) Can I, can I just say, like, like, that, like, the reversal of, like, her being a successful lawyer and just Ethan being, like, a stay-at-home trophy husband? I love that. I love that narrative. Thanks. I, I like it, too. No, he's like a fitness influencer. Like he's like an Instagram. But he could still be a stay-at-home dad for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could work dad from blog. home. Oh. But because also, like, if she can remember everyone's outfits, that like she she can smell acetone. Like she knows the smell of that from the lobby. Like, like she can one hundred percent be the L Woods that we need. What superpowers? What other superpowers does she have that we don't know about? Right? Does she have like daredevil powers? Like, seriously, I think that she's there's there must be some secret skills that Kate Sanders has. Oh yeah, for sure. Of. I'm for it. And so, just kind of getting into some of like the highlights of the movie. Obviously, another one is the fashion montage. Oh um. my god, that was a dream. <laughs> I wish that would ever happen to me. The igloo dress. It the is, igloo dress. It's my favorite. Again, with the the realism of time here is like, uh, take note that they do her hair and makeup every single time she comes out in a different outfit. So it's like, how long was Lizzie gone and no one noticed? Again, time doesn't exist. It would be a full day for that montage of like literally like 14 hours. Well, yeah, because then apparently not only do they like do her makeup in between, but like they do her nails, they do her eyebrows, like they do all of these things in addition to having a fashion show on the runway totally normal totally it's it's fine time time is relative all the meanwhile all of the students are just yeah time is a construct (laughs) time is a construct (laughs) (sighs) it's just so great so believable so true (laughs) so believable right so believable (laughs) 
And, like, <laughs> before we realize that, like, he's bad, like, there are some cute, like, Lizzie getting, like, her flirty flirt on, like, moments with Paolo. And you're, like, even though you're pulling for Gordo, you're kind of, like, it's fun to see Lizzie just, like, on an adventure, you know, kind of getting this, like, whirlwind like can real I, romance. Can right. I also make a point that I think my sister and I talked about because we just watched the Cinderella story. Um, do you think that it's in Hilary Duff's contract that she needs to have at least two of her songs in every movie that she's in? Probably. Because my sister and I counted and it's two <laughs> for the two that we just watched. Like Lizzie McGuire movie and a Cinderella story has two Hilary Duff songs in it. So. Probably. I would put that in my I mean, I would. has several. What? Raise your voice has multiple. It's true. I'm just saying. I think that it's probably Dude, in his contract. Voice, like, oh, that was a good. That was a very sad movie. Anyway, Hilary Duff really was the 2000s queen. She really was. Um, so yeah, I I remember like just the music montage of like riding on a Vespa through. To why not? Yes. Yes. Take to a why crazy not? Chance. <laughs> like that's all we wanted. We wanted to like go through Rome on a little Vespa. On a little Vespa with a cute Italian boy. Listen to some Hillary Duff. Yeah. It was a whole vibe. It was a vibe. But let's get into, as far as before we get to the big finale, like all the Lizzie Gordo stuff, because it's it's just so precious. They're so precious. It's just, it's just adorable. Everyone always wanted a best friend that would secretly fall in love with them. Literally, <laughs> that's all I wanted. I was like, why don't I have, um, and it's unfortunate because, you know, now my best male friend is super gay so that's out um <laughs> but like when i was younger i was like how do i make this happen how do i make this a reality <laughs> well and then that's what i'm saying about ethan and kate throughout this movie it's just it's very adorable because they're very pro lizzie and gordo getting together <laughs> like they just kind of help nudge them and it's cute oh my gosh the uh do you use scented soap like line though and the the two little headphones can we just talk about a sign of the times of listening to a cd and putting like the head sharing headphones that aren't earbuds oh my because, god you know, that i forgot that i used to do that that was so wild that you right though because you would have to like stretch them out as far as they could go like yeah. with the little yeah and see if you could sit next to someone and not make it weird it wasn't weird when it was like your best friend and imagine but... if your batteries died that'd be awful i just i i just have it's hilarious to me that like even after all the stuff that happened in the lizzie mcguire series which if you recall the lizzie mcguire series ended with basically very overt revelations that like Gordo had a crush on Lizzie that in this movie she still doesn't get it like I mean I know that she's 14 so you know she's distracted by a cute Italian boy but everyone keep telling everyone keeps telling her like what she's like why would he do this for me and Kate's like seriously (laughs) you don't know why You don't have any. Do you not remember the murder mystery party? Oh my gosh! I like when I also told you this exact same thing verbatim. Do you not remember that Gordo wrote you a letter while you were the editor of like the Ask Lizzie column? Do you not remember that you gave him a kiss on the cheek in our final episode? What is happening here? Like, I just think that it's really funny that they kind of play up Lizzie having absolutely no idea anything about this. (laughs) She's just so clueless. That was literally the title of the episode. That was the murder mystery one was Clueless. I love it. Oh, Lizzie. Oh, Lizzie. 
but she finally does see the light by the end of it and that then they have like after the whole like big finale sequence which I think that requires its own conversation but that then like at the end when they're on the balcony of the hotel and it's just like I remember just like because I was like elementary school age when this happened of this was the pinnacle of romance (laughs) you go up to a rooftop on a hotel in in Rome Rome. (laughs) um I feel like I was like that you would have this level of romance by eighth grade and then you're just like and then you're like wow nope (laughs) that's not how my life happened no I don't think it's how any of my life lives happened um yeah it's I mean it's interesting because they just kind of make it very quick and it's like but I was glad that they at least had it because I when the series ended you were like hoping for it a little bit and then it didn't happen it was like a kiss on the cheek which was fine you're you know fine they had to ease into it yeah so then you had the movie and you're like okay come on by the end of the movie if they don't I think I remember sitting there being like if they don't have them like it's kind of like how Troy and Gabriella didn't kiss until the end of High School Musical 2 and everyone was like if they don't kiss you're like this isn't really believable now especially because the actors were dating at that point so it's like come on that's true but yeah no it was it was funny it was it was just so cute and like simple and then that's how it ended and you were like oh everything's right in the world now and then you can just imagine that they go off to and it was what dreams were made of true oh gosh um okay quick I think quick it, aside well, before we talk about what dreams are made of can I just say I love the realism of Lizzie's parents being like we're so proud of you also you're grounded for the rest of the summer <laughs> realism I'm glad that there was some in some realism minus the fact that I don't understand how they got to Rome in the time that they did but that's beside the point it is we can't mm-mm, no <laughs> we're not gonna mess with the space-time continuum it's, it's air concord rules <laughs> like the special plane yeah um yes i'm i'm just glad that there was like some consequences that they weren't like oh my gosh lizzie you were so amazing you have no consequences for doing any of this because lizzie again like like she's wont to do tricked an adult the entire time she was in rome however let's just say that like Lizzie has college essays made like as far as like college application of like name an experience that shaped who you are as a person or something and it's like well one summer I became an Italian pop star it's fine okay that'll get you into USC yeah <laughs> it, it's great so now I believe it is time we're, we're over an hour in, so... I, is this what dreams are made of? It is. So, we have... It's, like, it's starting, and it's time for, like, Paolo's big comeuppance, because Lizzie's freaking out because she realizes that, like, Paolo's sketch, and, like, Isabel's there, and they're like, we got a plan, go ahead and go out. And <laughs> it's so awesome, because at first it's just, like, the lip-sync part. Also, are they performing in the Coliseum? Yes, they are. Which is not which possible. Is very, it's by not the way, possible. That's not actually possible. <laughs> but that's fine. Again, we're on a parallel Earth where yes. time doesn't exist. And rules aren't a thing. And rules are and not a thing. And one chaperone is enough. Money. It's fine. This is and, 
This and is money, Earth 65. Money just overflows all over the it just, middle It really schools. does grow on trees, I guess. <laughs> this makes a lot more sense to me if this is a parallel <laughs> Earth. <laughs> like, this actually, this tracks now. Okay, we've, we've made sense of it, guys. <laughs> We're seventh graders are gallivanting across Europe. Um, Unattended. But no, you you can't. So in, in Earth, what are we in? Earth 62, um, you can perform in the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. In, in Earth Prime, you cannot because you can't even go down into the... Like, no, you can't even go down unless you go yeah. on like a specific tour and then you yeah. only go around it. You don't go in it. Yeah, so. I have like a picture of us standing where you can just like overlook into it, but you can't even get down like... No, you can't go down far is- into it. But this might be a special occasion because, after all, it is the it's Europe Earth 60, Music Awards. Look, no, it's no, no, no. Earth sixty. It's Earth sixty four, yes. where the Coliseum is just a pretty building. No, no, no gladiators ever fought there. To it. Uh, it, it yeah. hasn't been there for. It's a performance and venue. Of years. It's fine. <laughs> On Earth sixty two, the Coliseum is a performance venue. That's all that it's for. So, they're hosting an awards show there that night. I mean, seriously, because like the Pope like consecrated it and made it like holy ground because there were so many martyrs that died there i don't think a music performance can no supersede that no No. um i will say that in this earth in ancient rome it was just like a theater i'm telling you in this earth it just all makes sense if we just picture it being a different earth everything adds up um that's the only way we can describe this it's the only way we can listen. The Lizzie McGuire movie happened on Earth 62. <laughs> um, so, but Lizzie's Lizzie's outfit when she walks the red carpet is something that I remember looking at when I was a kid and being like, I want that though. How are you so cool and stylish with like one glove on your hand? Like, so weird. That's cool. It's iconic. I, it really is. So I just got to say, oh, and she trips again at the awards. <laughs> Doesn't she trip on the carpet? Yeah, she she pulls a J-Law. But then she manages to flawlessly execute a three to four minute choreographed routine on stage. Without falling. It's Without falling. It's fine. Okay. Sure. It's, fine. it's okay. And so it's fine. we start out of like the normal part of the song and it's like the lip sync audio. But mm. then... Because Gorda's on the soundboard, then it comes to Paolo's turn, and he just, like, <laughs> cranks it down, and it's his real voice, and it's terrible, and everyone's just like, boo! And <laughs> it's it's the comeuppance that is deserved, and then... Is it, though? <laughs> I think that's what I'm always like. He just gets embarrassed, runs off stage, and has to deal with some paparazzi. Well, basically, like, this eighth-grade boy, American I mean, boy, I guess just that's ruined true. a, like, pop star's entire it's career. True. Totally like, fine. Never... Again, I'm not going to pick at it too much, but, like, how did no one ever discover this before? Seriously. There's a conspiracy. There's a conspiracy here, and it goes all the way to the top. Um, I'm quoting Community. Mm. Uh, yes. But... Like he has to have records like that he produced with Isabella. There has to be some. There has to be someone who's singing. Yeah. It's like the first High School Musical where there's someone else singing for him. Like now we know that. Like how did, how did no one know that there's someone else singing for Paolo on a track? But then he has never ever in his life performed live or has always just lip synced to that same person and no one has ever questioned it. Like and he's never no sound once. person was ever like, why do I have this CD? Of someone singing nev- instead of... I... Yeah, like, there's missing, like, an evil manager character. Yeah. Right, though? 
I, I just, I feel like there's some plot holes here, but that's fine. It's our 62. Whatever. Plot points abound. In Earth 62. Plot holes that's abound. That's the tagline. That's actually the tagline for Earth 62. <laughs> <laughs> plot holes abound. Children can do anything, including convince an entire industry that I can lip sync and it's fine. Oh my God. I think that that's the only, that's like the biggest thing that I thought of as an adult was like, how, but like, he's he's had to have performed with her at some point like live in other situations if they're this big and popular so there's really no explanation for how he's gotten away with it his voice changed and once he hit puberty and then it became terrible sure and it's our 62 sure (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna keep this running as a thing for whenever there is a plot hole that I encounter in any show that I watch is like, well, it must be set on Earth 62. <laughs> that's where all the plot holes live. So if you listen to the community podcast ever, <laughs> yes, <and> you... <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to start referencing and throw it back to you guys. Appreciate it. That is the collaboration crossover. Thank you. Thank you. This is the crossover we've needed. Uh, but I mean, Paolo gets embarrassed and runs off stage, and then Lizzie's like, "Cool, my job here is done." All right, bye bye. That's like, and um, do we want to get into the accent which, for Isabella? Oh my god, has she so ever horrible. has she ever talked about this? I feel like she's talked about it before. Like Hillary has talked Does about. Does she recognize defa- how bad it is? I don't understand. I yeah, think so. Just like they said, like, I, can you do an Italian accent? And just like, sure. I think she, I want to say like at some point she's made reference like in her adulthood looking back at how bad it was to like cringe worthy like, like either saying, on like an insta story or something about it like she at least is acknowledging that it's not good like that's saying maybe it wasn't that maybe it was actually in that video that um she was with with Megan Trainer where I think they were talking about it and like Hillary kind of makes like a cringy face of like oh yeah my Italian accent and she tries to do it again and it's well that's like when you people say like on their resume yeah I can ride horses and then they get cast in a movie where they have to ride a horse and they look like an idiot i feel like well, that's probably what she did she's like yeah an italian accent i could do that for sure yeah yeah yeah. i'm gonna do it i don't it. even oh, know bad. that though i feel like they just were like can you pretend to be italian and like hillary duff being like i don't know how old was she at this time like 20 being like oh, i don't know sure i'll try and then being like good enough <laughs> i think they just kind of because there's one thing where she does where she really like when she says freaky and it's like the weirdest accent that she has when she says that like like when her and uh, Lizzie look at each other and Gordo's like this is really freaky isn't it and she says way freaky and Isabella says way way freaky it's the weirdest non-Italian accent it's just she rolls R's it's just very odd she was 15 yeah or she okay so she was 15 so there is literally like she probably was like sure I can do this there was no dialect there was no dialect no why would there be a dialect There was no dialect coach. It's very apparent. They just threw her to the wolves and they're like, you got this. Go for she it. She watched like one. She probably like had to watch like one Italian video and they're it's like, try and emulate Mario. this one. Yes. Try. <laughs> like, try and do this. And she like tried her best and they're like, eh, it's fine. No one cares anyway. Like she only has to say... I feel like her accent, like, at the airport was a little bit better. Like, she mm-hmm. was uh, – but when it comes to, like, the backstage, it was, like, a hot mess. Mm-hmm. She was just – because she's then, trying to say words that are really hard to say with accents for normal people who are trained in saying things with accents. But Ladies and gentlemen, beef my American friend, Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> God, oh, so gosh. bad. But, you know, 
At least Hillary got to play opposite herself in a truly, truly awful brunette wig. <laughs> See, if if I cared about Halloween, I would dress up as Isabella for Halloween at some point, but that costume would take, like, a lot of effort because it's not just something you can buy. Can we just talk about the costumes, though? Like, the, the very intricate... Um, bejeweled like belly button thing that she's got going on. Yeah, and then she's got like the train but is wearing pants. Yeah. Also that was like epic though. You know, she's got like these really flared. Yeah, yeah, the tearaway ball gown. Again. (laughs) The tearaway ball gown. We just need to focus on that phrase itself. (laughs) The tearaway tearaway ball ball gown. gown. So child me when I saw that I was like oh I want to do that for my wedding so then I can dance at the reception. <laughs> Tear away ball gown. But um yeah, the wig is real bad. There's cert- there's mm-hmm. one scene one particular shot of it where she's backstage, I think right before she like departs and looks over and you can just see how badly it's fitting the top of her head. Well, um, I doubt she did the full cornrows, which is what you need to do to have like a no. wig lay right. Yeah, or like a wig like a wig cap, like just anything. Any like any and I think that they just kind of with Isabella, they were like they spent so much of the movie not even talking about her, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, we have also, to show her at some this point." Reverse Hannah Montana. Yeah, they're like we have to we have to show her at some point. I don't know, just slap a brunette wig the first one you can find. Hillary, can you fake an Italian accent? Good enough. Let's just throw her on stage. This is all <laughs> fine. Okay, sorry, I just had an epiphany. So in this like alternate universe, that's, that's what this not is. our reality. So in the Earth history, like <laughs> Isabella is like a huge pop star type situation, uh-huh. and so Hannah Montana got her start opening on like Isabella's tour, and so I get okay, that's that's fair. Just I'm wanting to combine two of the the Disney pop on our 62. I'll allow it. <laughs> Everything's allowed in that planet. <laughs> and you don't even have to come up with a reason why because plot holes abound here so tagline of the planet (laughs) and children can do anything like go to rome with one adult it's it's the platform that the the president of earth like the united states on earth 62 ran on it no children can do anything in earth 62 the president is an eighth grader like i mean no that's this planet that's that's, mean that's to being eighth generous. That's being that insulting being to eighth generous. graders. Made. Eighth graders deserve better. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, at least at least in the Lizzie McGuire movie, these eighth graders managed to con some adults and put on a really good pop show out of nowhere. So we start off the movie with uh, Lizzie singing into a hairbrush, uh, and then we end the movie with Lizzie apparently singing having an ability, into a crowd of thousands, having the ability to sing and dance. Now I think I remember reading, maybe this was just recently, because it was a tweet or something about how um, was it Hillary Duff's older sister who was the singing voice for Isabella? I thought I remember I think just so, reading yeah. that. Huh. Someone posted that. But I kind of wanted to know, because obviously that's not Hillary Duff singing. Right. Um, either of those roles. Uh, so I was curious. but Yeah, it's weird. There's portions of what dreams are made of where you're like, that is not Hillary Duff. There's very evident. The most evident to me is, is the, the last, like, what the dreams last where she's, dreams like, looking. When yeah, she dream. The- where she looks up out at the Coliseum. I'm like, that is very clearly, like not the same because it's the line before that dreams is hillary and the line after is hillary so you see it mm. just go yeah it's the dreams that goes higher that is yeah it's just like no Haley, you take that good. one it's not good 
it's just like very evident it's the that one it's that's the off. gif because she does the weird like head and arm shake thing yeah because she's just lo- out looking over the coliseum in earth 62 and thinking this is so great it's so pretty <laughs> nothing I, uh... bad has ever happened here <laughs> nothing too soon too soon that's not too soon it's been it's not too soon the the, the window's closed it's fine the window closed and too soon i think once you hit millennia you're good um i think that it's just so funny because i still as a 31 year old adult remember all of the words to all this, of the words oh yeah all of the words to this song um and it is talking about sweet moments again just like when she looks over and gordo's just like smiling at her um, I was like, oh, that's cute. That's, he's so supportive. Also, in things that don't make sense is, like, her entire class. So this is, like, a award show. <laughs> just, and her entire class and her just family there. just gets to rush to the front. Children like, can do real. anything. <laughs> Children can do anything in Earth-62. We have established <laughs> this. They can just go. No one let can me say in. no to Kate Sa- Sanders. <laughs> they can go. Well, and also she was there before everyone else got there. Like, did you notice that she's yes. sitting down while everyone else comes in? They don't know where Kate is. The implication, like when her parents come in, and Miss Ungermeyer's like, "Huh, wonder where Kate ran off to," and they make that a line. She's at the awards already. Like. Kate, I, I fully believe, I have a whole idea here that Kate just conned her way into this because she's Kate, and we've already established that she's probably an attorney at this point. Mm-hmm. She just waltzed, right, in, and went waltzed right into the award show, sat down, and then was like, oh, hi, to Ethan when they finally showed up. So she's already sitting, enjoying the concert while all of this happened. And I'm just kind of like, all right, props to you, Kate. Props. And then, like... There's like weird flirty glances between Miss Ungermeyer and Sergey Paula's yeah. like bodyguard person. So I'm like, huh, oh a high school principal from California, and then like a security <laughs> officer in Rome. Well, hey, he's not employed by Paolo anymore, so he can yeah, go so do whatever he wants to. He'll go so. move to LA and join the life. But for real, this song is just great. It's just it's, a pop classic. It's, it's a pop. It really. It is. holds up. It does. Like the song, the choreography, the like the weird dancers in their the like... weird dance, <laughs> the weird song and dance, like call and response with "Hey yeah. now, hey now." It's great. It's and so like great. the back of dancers' outfits that are like the weird vests with the flared pants that have the mm. piping of just the color scheme of like lavender and like navy. That I feel like, honestly, like the back of dancers, they look like it could be like this could be a Lady Gaga song. Like, it's true. You get the vibes. Also, where did Isabella get the outfit that she's wearing? If if not, if the thing that was made for quote unquote Isabella is what Lizzie is wearing, yeah. matches with everything else. Does she just have like a random outfit ch- chilling somewhere backstage? And she did full hair and makeup. Yeah, it's, for all it's of like this? in Crazy Rotations when she has like the evenings, like the different outfit yeah. options in the trunk of her car. Yeah, and she's like, "What do you mean you don't drive around with these in your trunk? <laughs> I'm not an animal. <laughs> Please, I'm not an animal." So on Earth 62, Aquafina <laughs> was just like everyone just has couture in their car, and so let me just run around and I'll grab that. Yeah, it was just very interesting because it's like it's similar to her outfit, like it's supposed to complement it, but it's a totally different color scheme. So clearly, there's someone designed something 
for another purpose maybe or i don't know I had, or is I isabella had... an outfit repeater as well i mean it's possible it was the only thing that was came back with her from the island i don't know <laughs> the, the only thing in my bag is this very elaborate two-piece i don't know what you would call it obviously a stage outfit clearly just this movie's great agreed it was a lot of fun to revisit (laughs) i have such a love for lizzie mcguire and all of its plot holes and all of its all of its insanity it's just one of those movies you put on and you're like i just feel i i I don't have to like yeah i don't have to like think super hard at this movie i can just enjoy it and reminisce over early 2000s song choices that are (laughs) scattered throughout here which are choices they are choices and then i was trying to look but yeah it's a lot of fun to revisit especially now that it's like a period piece basically (laughs) period (laughs) piece (laughs) it is funny to watch anything from like i watching like a cinderella story watching this anything before 2007 i would say it's just even so fascinating to just go, oh my gosh, this was this long ago? How was this this long like, ago I just and how learned, has so much changed? I just learned that in three weeks, it will be 20 years since Center Stage came out. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the movie Center Stage. It's about a ballerina in New York and it's very early Zoe Saldana. And that movie came out 20 years ago this year and like... I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, man, the fashion's probably... Nope, that fashion is coming back around right now. (laughs) It looks like it could be made today. It's amazing because of all of those, like, choker necklaces and things like that. Like, I used to volunteer with, like, middle schoolers, and they're now in high school, and I look at some of the stuff that they wear, and... I get, I get what my mom did when she used to be like, I used to wear flared jeans and a hoochie, whatever, mom. And now I'm like, find myself being like, I, you, I wore that when it was cool. And teenagers being like, okay, millennial. Yeah, okay. What is it like the Eliza? Okay, elder millennial. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like they, everything, like I said, everything that's old is new again. Seriously, it's not even a joke. Very true. Mm-hmm. So I think before we close, let's like. Th- theorize a little bit of like if Lizzie McGuire continued during as far as like since we're gonna see if the series happens Lizzie when she's 30 what was Lizzie's high school experience like because how do you come from that of like I was an Italian pop star and like (laughs) appeared at a major award show well like Kate told her like hey you get your moment here but the second we get back to America I'm the cool one again and I feel like that would actually be a thing if we're talking about Earth 62 um, on Earth 62 Lizzie went back to high school and she expected everything to be different and it was not but I think it's one of those things yeah, where also, like this is like pre-YouTube and social media so yeah like sure she might have gotten photographed in Italian magazines but like what what kid like I don't know but I, I think, think it's think one of she... those things where it's like okay it happened over there and it might have been popular mm-hmm. over there but here it's yeah. like oh well it happened something else happened and the news cycle is different now so I think yep. it's one of those things that... where it just washes away I think they went back I think the kids brought some real fun stories back from that water park and uh I they they probably rivaled something they tried to probably compare their experience to Lizzie's I, I think Lizzie and Gordo getting together would be the bigger news 
would it though i feel like everyone at that point would have been like oh, finally. just like finally yeah exactly like okay but they could have just said finally right, and then good. just been like okay like we knew that was yep. gonna happen anyway so why are we that mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah, I feel like that happened, and then and then they resumed their lives as normal. As is, there we go. Yeah. Although, like, if in the series, I would love if there was like a scene of like her like speed dating, and it's like, what's a weird fact? It's like, well, well for two weeks, I would be telling a lie. Her. Yes, Lizzie McGuire <laughs> doing two truths and a lie. So great, y'all watch the lizzie mcguire movie it's a fun time it's not a long time so that makes it easy to <laughs> mm-hmm. just it's a very pleasant way to spend the evening it's true all right well jen thank you for coming on hey thanks for having me i am always down to talk about lizzie mcguire and or plot holes and so <laughs> on our we'll new talk <laughs> we probably will talk about like the original series itself that Bless. we're kind of awaiting more news specifically on like when the actual reboot if it's gonna happen fingers crossed we really do want it to happen and so another thing to tease that cool thing jen is going to be with us just our very next episode so on may 1st stay tuned that national treasure it is happening (laughs) <laughs> or oh wait jen was not you know, that one you weren't on that one nope wait, i'm not on that like, one no jen wasn't a, pr- a part of that <laughs> part weren't. but let me tell you national treasure is just also such a great movie to watch when you want to suspend your disbelief of speaking everything. of suspending disbelief <laughs> which we talk about speaking of things speaking of things that happen on earth <laughs> this movie also takes place there i think what maddie's saying is that the next episode we record You'll be a part Ooh. of, I think. Will Is I? Is that what she's saying? I don't know what she's saying. I think no, she thought that I, I was in the National Treasure one. I, I just blurred things together just for perspective. This is, I think, the third or fourth podcast episode I've recorded this week. So, Quarantine. yeah. So, everything just kind of blurs together. Like, <laughs> Earth 62 is starting to bleed into reality. <laughs> yeah, it does that sometimes. It is. It's <laughs> a a uh, characteristic of it actually but this is a fun one but yeah. suffice to say Jen will be back and so uh, yes. make sure to check out her <laughs> podcast Community Rewatch yeah. it, it's fantabulous like thank you and uh, Maddie is definitely going to be on it and Megan did you watch you watch Community yeah right? but no one wants me on that apparently it's fine it's fine whatever no I wanted you on it I was just like when you mentioned Community the other day and sent me that meme I was like I totally forgot that you were on it I'm gonna I'm gonna tap you to be on like some episode don't worry you're coming on too (laughs) and also just while we're doing cool shout outs that if you love jen that she got to guest on six seasons in a podcast and interview ken jong which i thought was so cool ken is the nice i'm just gonna shout that out because ken jong is the nicest person that there is honestly truly he is um so yes that was so much fun you should listen to that one it is i think it's just called an interview with ken jong so you can hear me uh, talk to Ken and uh, my friend Alex who hosts that podcast and maybe someday Ken will come on Community Rewatch podcast I I can hope and maybe he'll add, and you should actually check out Ken Jong and Joel McHale have their own podcast which is just them just talking nonsense for I think their podcast happens on Earth 62 because it's just I believe it's it. just them talking it's it, just it's them talking nonsense. nonsense absolutely but yeah no go check out six seasons of a podcast too because that that was a really fun episode to record 
Absolutely. And so um, last thing and just our very um, big list of plugs that um, one of the episodes as far as I guested yesterday and the episode is already live on Watch Over Podcast and that has our dear friends Jen (laughs) and Callie. We love them. They talk mainly about the TV show Arrow, which is a wild ride. And... (laughs) now that the show is done that a lot of different just kind of pop culture stuff and they're just a lot of fun and so um we actually did a kind of arbitrary fake award show commemorating like different things from arrow ranging from like most romantic dialogue to worst wig um and so a lot of fun things to talk about and that was the golden fern awards so um, make sure to ch- check out watch over podcast um like and subscribe as far as to the podcast wherever you stream that platform check us out on twitter and instagram at once upon a stream and finally if um you do want to contribute to our patreon that is patreon.com slash once upon a stream and any contributions are much appreciated and so thanks again for coming on jen thank you for having me and y'all y'all stay safe wash your hands stay inside all that jazz bye bye bye